This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at Broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. 888-332-8036. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. As a former law enforcement guy, when, when people get stories about security wrong, it's a, it's a pet peeve. It irks me. And there's a story in Politico from Ken Vogel. Now, Ken Vogel, you remember this guy. He was the reporter in the WikiLeaks uh, uh, emails who was sending his stories to the DNC for edit and approval. So anything this guy writes, I take with a grain of salt. And the story's entitled, Trump Private Security Force Playing with Fire. And the implication is that Donald Trump is disregarding the Secret Service and fielding his own security force, which is kind of ridiculous. But I wanted to bring somebody in to talk about this who who intimately understands the dynamic of the Secret Service's interaction with private security teams and local police. Very good friend of mine is joining me, Edmund Hartnett. Ed was chief of intelligence, the NYPD's chief of intelligence on 9-11, went on to be the police commissioner of Yonkers, New York, and is now a global private security expert. He's an expert on terror and and global security, really my go-to guy, Commissioner Thanks for being here. Good morning. Good morning, John. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas. We long overdue this call. So there's this article, and and basically uh, the implication is that Donald Trump has this private security force that's getting in the way of the Secret Service. I read it differently. Maybe you and I have unique perspectives on this. Some of these guys, one is a retired NYPD guy who left the job in 1999. He's a Navy veteran. He, he I'm sorry, he worked for Trump since '99. And he, these guys, to me, have really just become Donald Trump's aides and uh, body men. They're not interfering with the Secret Service. The rallies I've been to, it seems like a well-choreographed, well-oiled machine where they're all working very effectively together. Now, when you were chief of intelligence, I'm sure most listeners don't know, but the NYPD Intelligence Division is the unit that liaises with the Secret Service when the president or the first family is in New York City. So you have intimate experience dealing with the private security teams and the staffs of presidents of the United States. Tell us a little bit about this. Am I downplaying this, or is this a genuine concern? uh, To me, John, it's not a genuine concern. I mean, anything I've seen, anything I've heard from from people I know still in the business, on the the public sector and the private sector side, uh, describes uh, Donald Trump's security team relationship with the Secret Service as seamless coordination. Uh, the, The guy we always see on TV... With the president-elect, uh, Keith Schiller is the, the gentleman you referenced. He's a retired NYPD, retired Navy officer, uh, consummate professional. Everything I've seen and heard about him, uh, he does not get in the way. Good security is done. Uh, you're almost like the umpire in the baseball game. If, the, if it's done right, you don't even see the guy. You don't even, you don't even hear from the guy. So anything I see being blown up by, like, 
Politico or by Salon.com, where they're referring to the president-elect security team as this private mercenary army, I think is one of the quotes, uh, is ridiculous. They don't seem to refer to uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce as having a private mercenary army, but they probably have just as much security as, as Donald Trump does. Maybe, maybe more. I mean, I mean, we saw that Ivanka Trump and her husband were harassed on a JetBlue flight. They didn't have a phalanx of security officers around them. And, and in addition to now being part of the first family, they're a wealthy couple who could certainly afford it. If anything, it seems the Trump family is just was trying to live a pretty normal life before being elected. I mean, look, he's a famous guy and he lives opulently. But with the way that the kids, his children and, and the grandchildren were trying to operate, seems like they didn't have these armies of security around them, like like you so accurately say, Ed. We see celebrities have with, with their with their with their motorcades. You know, I was I, I read a story. Chris Pine, the actor who's in the Star Wars movies, he plays Kirk. Uh, Jeff Bezos had a role on the set of the new film, and Chris Pine didn't know who he was, but he said, "Well, Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon." But he said, "Well, I knew he was someone important when he showed up with like 25 SUVs and a security army." And he said, "You know, the heads of the studios didn't have that." So you make a, a great point. So, so tell us a little bit about, because I know people are interested in this, how, uh, for example, Donald Trump's going to be spending a lot of time in New York City. The president-elect is going to be there. It's his second home. His wife and young son are staying there. What's the NYPD's role going to be in all this? How are they going to interact with the Secret Service and at the same time effectively police the rest of the city? You know, again, having firsthand experience, John, nobody, in no place in the country is the relationship between Secret Service and the local police stronger than it is in New York City. Uh, because of of the nature of the city and the United Nations being there and every dictator, king, president, uh, ruler, prime minister comes to New York City uh, sometimes a few times a year. So that, that role, uh, that coordination between the Secret Service and the NYPD is outstanding. It's exemplary. It can't be matched anywhere else in the country. So the NYPD will coordinate with the Secret Service for everything that involves the Trump family. If there are private security officers involved, and we've had it many times, again, with visiting dignitaries where they come with their people, it will be seamless. Uh, when the president uh, is sworn in, he will be, the, his security will be run by the Secret Service. They'll liaise with, with his private security people. They'll tap into their knowledge and expertise because they'll need it. But security for the president of the United States and his immediate family will be run and coordinated by the Secret Service in D.C., in New York City, and wherever the president goes. I'm speaking with Edmund Hartnett, former chief of intelligence of the New York City Police Department, then Yonkers Police Commissioner, also very good personal friend of mine. And, and oh, you're always my go-to guy on these issues. You're the most knowledgeable guy I know on this, and, and you stay very current. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming New Year's holiday. Now, we've got the president-elect from New York City, most of his family living in New York City, We've got New Year's Eve in New York City, arguably the lar- largest gathering of people in the world every year. What is the end? NY- without without disclosing operational security, it always I, I want to always have the listeners, uh, you know, understand what goes into the security protocols. But at the same time, these are always uh, uh, careful segments for me because I never want to tell too much of how we do what we do. But but insofar as you can tell through your experience, what is the NYPD going to do to both protect the family of the president-elect? and safeguard the city on New Year's Eve, as they would if the president-elect's family didn't live in New York? Well, first, uh, the planning that goes into this stuff is, is incredible. It's mind-boggling. It, they don't just take out last year's folder, dust it off, and, and set the plan in place. These plans are made months ahead of time. These plans were made with contingencies for uh, either Senator Clinton winning or, or Mr. Trump winning. So it, it, 
the planning goes into this stuff, like I said, is, is incredible. Uh, they'll also tap into anything that's going on in the world right now, no matter where it is. Uh, it could be areas of the country we're not familiar with, but there's something happening there, some hot spot there, and maybe there's some connection now to New York City. Trust me, the NYPD and their federal partners will be all over it. Uh, the, the plan that goes into a regular New Year's Eve, if there is such a thing, uh, with the Times Square uh, the detail, uh, the, the, uh, the, the backflips that people have to do to get into the pens alone, the screening that goes on, uh, overtly and covertly, uh, is incredible. You can't rule out anything. You can't rule out some lone wolf trying to do something. But I guarantee you, investig- on the investigative side even, uh, they're looking at various people that may or may not cause problems, and they want to know exactly where they are at any given moment. So, again, the, the plan that goes into this is incredible. I think people that want to go to New Year's Eve should go and have a good time, be safe. But I, I obviously uh, look around for anything suspicious, but uh, I think it's going to be a, a great New Year's as always. And I know I'm prejudiced, but nobody does it as well as the NYPD. No, I happen to agree, and you know, I'm, 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 we might get flamed for that, but I don't think it's because it's our alma mater. I think I think it's out of necessity, right? Out of necessity and sheer size. We've got New York City and all its landmarks. We've got the New York Stock Exchange, or the hub of banking and finance for the world. The, the exact targets terrorists want to hit. They want to destroy capitalism. You're going to hit New York. You're going to hit London. And the NYPD, being the largest, being the most robust, well-funded agency out there, they really didn't have a choice but to be thrust into the role they were. And I'm speaking with Edmund Hartnett, former chief of intelligence of the NYPD. And I've got, I've got a question for you that might be a bit depressing this holiday season, but I've been talking a lot today about global security, terror, lone wolves. What's the situation that keeps you awake at night? You're, you're, you're now with a private risk firm, Brosnan Risk, run by another good friend of ours. You guys have state-of-the-art intelligence on the private side. You've seen it up close and personal. You had the highest levels of security clearance. You know how this stuff works. What's the one thing that keeps you awake at night uh, in terms of a terror threat to the United States as we sit here today, December 26th, 2016? You know, we, we always talk about those you know, various things, suicide bombers, explosive-laden vehicles, and uh, Mumbai-style mass shooting incidents. All that stuff, you know, always concerns me. Kind of a, a subset of that, to me, is, is, is a group that cannot be cracked, that cannot be infiltrated. And I use an example, and I, and I hate them, but I use them as an example, the Sanayev brothers in Boston and the Boston Marathon bombing. Uh, you know it's your brother. You know your brother's not an informant. You know your brother's not been flipped. You know your brother is not a, an undercover FBI agent. So when you get a, a group like that that just can't be infiltrated, to me, that's the one, that's the thing that, that, that makes me most fearful, that you get two guys or three guys, family members, that, that have grown up, that have maybe even done bad acts together. If you've seen someone kill someone, say, for example, five years earlier, you pretty much know that that guy is, is good. He's a good member of your team. He's not been turned. He's not been infiltrated. He's not an agent. So when you get that kind of hardcore group that just can't be cracked, that's what probably concerns me the most. And, those, and that kind of group can do a suicide bomb attack, they can do a Mumbai-style attack. They can do the explosive blade in the vehicle or the, the truck driver thing like we've seen in, in Nissan and Berlin. So it really does come down to, for average Americans, if you see something, say something. Don't be afraid of political correctness. If that family next door seems to be doing something nefarious, call 911. I mean, that, that, really, American citizens are our best eyes and ears, too. Because those you know, asymmetrical, low-tech attacks that don't require chatter because they're family members or friends, I agree with you. They, they scare me to death. And it really is up to American citizens to, to tip off law enforcement and the intelligence community, correct? I think so. And I think we're, seeing the, I think we're hopefully seeing society getting away from that a bit. San Bernardino 
which resulted in, in many people getting killed. I think people after that said they wish they had called. They had, they had seen something suspicious with, with that married couple, and they wish they had called, but they didn't want to be branded as bigots. They didn't want to be branded as being prejudiced. I think we're slowly but surely having people come out of that, that, that dangerous political correctness that we've seen. You know, I, I hope you're right. I tend to agree with you, Ed, and as I usually do, and I just I hope you're right. You have a great new year, my friend. We're going to be speaking very, very soon. I'm, I'm going to have you on air with me often in 2017. Have a great one. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Thanks John. Thanks, Eddie. That was Edmund Hartnett and really is a world expert on this, former chief of intelligence on 9-11. And I'll let him tell his 9-11 story one day. It is absolutely, absolutely captivating. A real American hero. Uh, uh, understated and unsung American hero. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest-growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free, and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this, and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at Broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. 888-332-8036.